Welcome to the Skill Welcome Stadium, the skill a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Thank you for uh, tuning into the Skill Stadium podcast. This is Keith Williams, and I have with me Kenny Molotov. And Kenny is a plumber from Toronto. He grew up in Toronto. He actually went to school in Markham. He attended York University, where he obtained his bachelor's in philosophy. Then he went to George Brown and obtained his Red Seal and plumbing qualifications. He has been working for his father in plumbing for the past seven years. and. When he has free time, he enjoys working on his YouTube channel. He's actually a magician and he enjoys training his Belgium mallet. Please welcome Kenny to the Skill Stadium podcast. Kenny, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Kenny, I got to tell you, um, I have seen your uh, YouTube channel and you provide a lot of great information and great content on that. What sparked you to start that, by the way? I initially started as a gamer. I was following a, a guy named PewDiePie, who's the biggest YouTuber on the planet. I think he's like hundreds of millions of subs. And uh, I was like, man, this guy's making money doing this with his thumbs. I was like, let me try it out. Tried it, wasn't for me, but I put up a vlog once of me doing plumbing. And out of nowhere, people started just kind of messaging me going, hey, I'm planning to become a plumber. What do you think? And I was still doing gaming at this point. And I thought to myself, wow, people really don't care about the gaming. It's the plumbing. So I kind of serendipitously fell upon a plumbing community. And ever since then, I was like, okay, let's run with it. Let's see what they want. Yeah, you built quite a tribe there because I do see one of the things that I'm very impressed with is that you actually engage your audience. You know, some people Mm. sometimes they put up these videos or on social media, but they don't engage people. It's a reflection of who they are. So meaning that what you do online is reflective of what you do in person. If somebody said hello or I admire you, the work you do and came up to you, if you just looked at them and ignored them, well, you know, that's... (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of rude. Yeah. So I, I, I try to. I, I think the channel's still young. I get enough comments where I can respond at this point. I think if there's a point where it's like I'm bombarded by 50 to 100 a day, I'm not sure if I'll be able to keep up unless I lose sleep for it, you know? So sure. I'm lucky like that right now, I guess. Definitely, definitely. Hey, Kenny, can you tell us growing up, you know, what kind of kid were you? Because obviously shaped you into the man that you are today. Tell us a little bit yeah. about how you were when you were growing up. I was um, a typical ball of energy. My parents put me in sports right away. I remember being three years old and, and they were already taking me to karate. At that point, karate kid was a big thing. And I was all over kicking everybody in the household that I could. So they're like, okay, let's use that. Let's put him into some karate. And after that, I was always in swimming. I was always in um, I did baseball. They put me in gymnastics. Every summer there was sports camp. I was always running around. So there was never a point in my life where I wasn't doing sports. And then later in my life, it got competitive. So the big love of my life was soccer at one point. And I was juggling school and I was juggling uh, some pretty competitive soccer. Like we had a training program that was four to five times a week and we'd have to drive 45 minutes both ways. And it kind of taught me at an early age how to juggle a few things 
at a high pace sort of thing. And like, I failed miserably during high school doing that. Like the marks totally declined at that point. So now when I, you know, I have a career, but I'm also juggling the YouTube and stuff like that. And I realized my childhood kind of set me up for being that kind of individual. You know what I mean? Definitely. definitely. You know what it is, is you're tasting different things. Yeah. And and I think that's so important in life because you did a degree in philosophy and now you're plumbing. So obviously you pivoted, which is not uncommon today. I think if you can't pivot and you can't adapt to an ever changing world, you're in trouble. Mm, Yeah. You know, I had some luck with that because my dad is a plumber himself and I got out of post-secondary and I was chasing dreams. Like I was, I was doing comedy at the time. I was doing magic professionally. And, and then at some point I just kind of realized, you know, man, I'm kind of dropping the ball with me and my girlfriend, who's now my wife. And, you know, she's working 15, 16 hour days. Every time I see her, she's super pale because she's not getting enough sleep. And, you know, I'm going out to nightclubs at night doing uh, comedy shows and stuff. And I was like, man, I don't know. I got to buy a ring. <laughs> I, I got to put it in gear. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I kind of just looked to my dad. I said, look, you got a truck. It's only you. I know you need some help. You know, I'm still chasing comedy. At that point, I was driving out to Ottawa once a month to go to a club down there called Absolute Comedy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would have to take three days off every month. And I kind of knew my dad knew what what the situation was. And if he could accommodate that, you know, we got a pretty good plan. So that's sort of how the pivot became, you know, it went down basically. Sure. But you know what I admire is that you pursued something that you had a passion for and a dream for. I think if somebody's pursuing magic or comedy, it's something they're passionate about. They're not just doing that just to do it. No regrets. No, you went for it. No regrets. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's what's so important in life. Uh, speaking of your father, he's a plumber. How did what he was doing influence you to pursue the profession? Because obviously you grew up with your dad being a plumber. You got to see yeah. what he did. How did that influence you to say, hey, this is the type of work I want to do? I have to be honest. It, it, it never dawned upon me that it was work I wanted to do. It was more opportunistic, to be honest, the way it sure. worked out. I mean, my parents were the kind of parents that they rarely hired contractors. My dad has a very vast knowledge of skills with his hands. And my mom is one of these ladies that'll roll up her sleeves and just get going, like painting, drywall, plastering. You know, she's not afraid of it. She'll get her hands dirty, no problem. So I grew up around that. And I grew up around watching those projects. And then at one point, it's to work day that uh, my, my dad took me to. And it wasn't an experience I enjoyed. It was, I was just like, man, we're turning people's water off. People were yelling at my dad that day. And I, was like, I don't know. I don't think this is a good thing. And then it wasn't until, like I said, you know, I was doing comedy and I just sort of sat back and I went, man, I'm 26, 27. My life hasn't started. My dad's been keeping up with the bills ever since I was young. Maybe he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? It was just one of those moments where I was like, you know what? This is also a career that you can grow into. There's a lot of aspects you can do. You could just get into the business side of things, hire people. It's not dead end, in other words. And uh, I just felt like, you know, there's an opportunity in front of me. I know a lot of people are trying to get into their apprenticeship and it's not easy. Getting in as a first year apprentice from everybody I've ever talked to has always been like the hardest thing. And I'm sitting 
on the doorstep of an apprenticeship and I can sign up right away. And I kind of just kicked myself in the butt. And I said, look, come on now. I don't know if there need to be any more science for you to get on board. Let's go. Let's try it out at least. Definitely. definitely. And you know, when you look at the skill trades, the money's good for people, especially just if yeah. you compared that to like, if you had an option of going to work retail or, you know, mm-hmm. just any other regular job, the skill yeah. trades tend to pay better and they pay you to learn. Eventually, especially, I think for some people, and I know for myself when I first started, I mean, it's backbreaking work in the first couple of years because you're not work fit. So when you get in, you feel like you're taking on the world. I used to work out every day, Keith. Yes. And my dad was outperforming me every day, every yes. day. I, I just sat back and I went, man, this guy's got a fuel a tank so big. I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> and I'm, I'm younger than him. Like I'm in my prime. I'm in my 20s. I'm like, man, this guy is jacked. He just doesn't look it, you know? Yeah. And so in the first couple of years, there was a moment in my mind where I was like, why am I busting my butt so hard, you know? And I think that's the hard part. You have to realize that it's a delayed gratification sure. by your third year, fourth year, when you're finally fit enough to keep up with your journey person. That's when you finally sit back and you go, okay, man, it was, it was worth it. It was finally worth it. So have you caught up with your dad yet? I don't know if he'll say it, but I think I could give him a run for his money. <laughs> there you go. All right. I like that diplomatic answer. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> definitely, definitely. You know, it's common knowledge that we have a skills gap. And you're just not a lot of people going into the profession. That's right. Um, how do we close the skill gaps? What are you seeing out there? I'm seeing a lot of people actually do the exact same route I did, which is go into post-secondary and then come out going, man, I need a job. You know, I, I think that's the tragic part about university. I think it's, I think it's a blessing to be able to go, to be honest, and, and just broaden your mind. And, and that was the argument my dad always said. He goes, look, I don't care if you get a job from it. Just go. Just go study. And if you have the opportunity and it's not going to break the bank, absolutely, yeah. you know. But unfortunately, man, there's a very small handful of things you can go into that you're going to come out really doing well. They call them the STEM fields, the science, technology, uh, engineering, Mm -hmm. and medicine. But aside from those, if if you don't have the aptitude for those, then you are just broadening your mind and you have to come out and start from scratch. So I remember being in my apprenticeship and meeting other people that also have degrees. And they said, you know what? man, I had to get a job. I had to start a career. I don't know what it was like for other people. Some people have like shop classes in in high school. And, you know, I had the opportunity, I think I, I just didn't look at it. So I'm noticing more and more people kind of turn to their eyes towards the trade and say to themselves, you know, I didn't realize how much plumbers make. I didn't realize you can make 80K a year. And I do think that the market's changing its direction. I do think more people are going into it. It's just a matter of how fast it gets saturated. I mean, the apprenticeship is kind of like a regulation. It's five years uh, in Ontario to get licensed. You know what I mean? So there's no easy way to saturate the market fast. In other words, like oh, yeah. it's a process. So I don't know. I think it's changing though. You know what I think too is that parents are part of that challenge because mm. Parents have a big influence on their children. Yeah. And I feel like, and maybe you can speak on this, especially having a dad who's a plumber. I feel like if the parents are pushing their kids and the guidance counselors are pushing kids 
to the college path, mm. then that's just going to exacerbate the problem. You know, I wonder how do we get these parents to start understanding the value of the trades? I mean, you just said it there. Some of them are making 80 K yeah. as plumbers. You know, how do we educate these parents to let them know? I don't know, to be honest. I think that's a very hard question. The question I have, you know, like, I feel like there's a, an immigrating mentality of we're going to the new country to get our kids to have an easier life. And I assume that back home, wherever they came from, being a plumber didn't make a lot of money. However, the market's different here, especially since all those parents came and pushed their kids towards university. Now university is oversaturated. I think, honestly, it's just going to have to be uh, the new generations just saying, look, mom, dad, I know, I know you don't want me to be a plumber, but you know, I'm not doing too bad. I'm driving an F-150. I'm, you know, (laughs) enjoying some luxury here, you know, and I think it might be a little bit of new school versus old school and just us coming to terms about it, you know, but what I do think is, is that the subsequent generations living here are nudging their kids going, look, man, if you enjoy working with your hands, there's an entire career out there ready to go. So give it a shot sort of thing, you know? Yeah. I also think we can get more young people into plumbing uh, by having people like you who are spokesmen and Mm -hmm. who have YouTube channels Mm-hmm. And who are educating people because they're seeing you as a young person having success in it and you're going to where they are. Right, so right. I think that that helps too. I think so too. It's been really kind of um, enjoyable to see how many people, kids in high school messaging me going, hey, I want to become a plumber. And me just basically saying, hey, awesome. You, you absolutely should try it out sort of thing. But remember, you got to... Do your best to finish high school because you can't get into college and get licensed without it, you know, and just provide advice. But I think a lot of people are turning their eyes to the trades, and I think it should be done, man. There's there's a lot of space for a lot of people. Definitely. Are there any resources or organizations you'd recommend for young people if they're looking into becoming a plumber? I don't know if it's a website or an organization, you know, that can help them to learn more. I think the majority of the things I would recommend are, are YouTubers. Get a wide variety of, of different YouTubers because you have some YouTubers are, that are in the union that, op- that have their own shops, that I do service sort of thing. I think that's a really good grasp of what's going on. What do you actually do? You know what sure. I mean? In regards to um, theory, I mean, I attempt to add theory into my videos as much as I can whenever the opportunity presents itself. I think there are books online, but I wouldn't be able to point directly to where to go. Another awesome place, I mean, if we're talking about applications, unions have really good programs for getting in and stuff like that. So I hope that is some information. Definitely. Well, Kenny, just to kind of summarize what you said, I think if they do a Google search on YouTube and they put Mm -hmm. plumbing in, even if they go to your YouTube channel, which we'll have in the episode notes, they get more than enough information on it. And they'll probably find other YouTubers just through being on your channel. Yeah, yeah, most, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's right. So um, I think that that'll be helpful. Uh, For sure. Kenny, I know you have a strong presence on YouTube. What do you think is going to be the next big social platform that leverages video? I know we're seeing TikTok. What are you thinking, you know, in terms of other channels or other social media that might emerge, you know? 
personally, for me, uh, I'm really interested in Instagram. I do think it'll be a good platform to try to eventually take the videos. I do have an Instagram account, but I don't think I'm kind of maximizing it to its full potential. So for me, that's where I think it, it will head. I think uh, shorter videos that are kind of advertisable will be a good thing for people. But in regards to brand new stuff, I got to be honest, I'm not uh, very up to date with TikTok and all that stuff. Sure, sure. I've gone on TikTok, but it's, uh, yeah. it's definitely up and coming. It's worth checking out. If you're on okay. Instagram, okay. It, there's some similarities there. Cool, you know? cool, definitely. Yeah, just another big project. Though. <laughs> is, <laughs> is Skill Stadium on TikTok right now? Yeah, we are. Oh, nice. Are. Okay, cool. Cool, yeah, cool, cool. yeah but out. I don't have as much of a strong presence on TikTok. I'm cool. right, mainly right. like you. I'm on YouTube and yeah. Instagram and actually on Facebook. Cool. Uh, LinkedIn is also, I think, good. Oh, that's right. That's right. Another thing, too, that I think is so important is that we get our opportunities online. And yeah. I, I wonder how important is it for plumbers to sort of do some of the work that you're doing, which is being having that presence online, you know, because we always think of the skilled trades as more old school and more traditional, but we're moving into a time where everybody's online. So what's your take on the benefit of having an online presence, particularly on channels like YouTube and using video as a plumber? Mm -hmm. You know, I've had a couple of experiences. I worked with a contractor once and he managed to find my Instagram where I was posting uh, pictures of, of just work I was doing. And, and I got a message from him and he goes, Kenny, man, I haven't seen you in a while and your work's spot on. And, you know, like, uh, man, give me your phone number so that we can uh, link up again. I got another job coming in. So I think there's definitely an opportunity for that. And um, having a small YouTube channel right now, I've had a couple of people find us through the YouTube channel. So that's definitely an opportunity you can have. I do want to say, though, it's not necessary for being successful as a plumber. If you want to build a community, okay, that's the road you want to go down, then social media is definitely going to be useful. Uh, or if you want to build more clientele as a company, I think social media will be useful. But if you just want to be a, a plumber, um, you don't have to be on social media, but it is really interesting to look at some of your competitors <laughs> on yeah. social media and how beautiful the pipe work is. There's nothing more humbling than looking at uh, stuff on Instagram and going, man, my pipe work does not look like that. I yeah. got to work on it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's raising the bar. <laughs> oh, man, it, it reminds you how human you are and how amazing some people are it's oh man i've lost hair we're looking at instagram uh, pipes honestly <laughs> tell me something as a plumber you know you work with your dad you're out there doing the work how do you balance doing the work but yet going out and finding new business do you guys divide the work in that sense or do you just say hey on certain days i'm going to go look for new business or mm -hmm. are you just asking your current customers for referrals right how do you continue to to uh, get business. So dad's business has been predominantly word of mouth. This past year, which is a very bad year to have done what I did uh, because of COVID, we attempted to go down a couple of like passive advertisement routes where we hire companies, we have an ad on their website or whatnot. I don't think the data is solid because COVID kind of slowed everything down right now. But that's the route we went, and uh, we didn't get the result we were looking for, unfortunately. 
there's going to have to come a point where uh, we hire somebody and then one of us actively, you know, shows up to buildings, hands people pamphlets and, and so on and so forth. But thus far, our best string of advertisement has been purely word of mouth. Yes, I, I can agree with that. That makes yeah. perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, you know, you mentioned union. What are the pros and cons for being in union versus non-union, particularly for a new plumber? So unions typically have really good programs to get people in. Unions are known for hiring first-year apprentices. Like, in other words, once their apprentices go through and get licensed, it doesn't matter if you're totally green. Unions are really good in taking on brand-new workers, uh, which is really good. The other thing unions are known for is having good benefits. Like, you get um, time off, you get... uh, uh, medical, etc. Uh, they're they're known for being really good in that sense, and the union fights for your wage. So here in Ontario, the way I understand it is, the unions typically union plumbers make the most out of all the plumbers in Ontario. So as a service guy, I don't make as much as a union worker all the time. You know what I mean? I'm sure there are service companies that do that compete, but for the most part, the the highest wage I've ever heard of came from a union plumber. So so that union is really working its tail off to make sure that that wage last year is higher this year sort of thing. And that could explain why you say it's so hard for people to get into the union because of the the pay. It's competitive. Yeah. What do you think is the ratio? So when you say it's tough to get in, is it a small percentage? Is it half the people apply? Do you you have any idea of how hard it is or what those numbers look like? I think it's the younger you are in the trade, the harder it is. So first year apprentices have a tremendously hard time. I've heard countless stories of them calling companies and companies saying, we're looking for third years or more. And everybody's sitting back going, well, how am I supposed to become a third year if you don't hire first year? (laughs) And it's it's totally frustrating and I get it. And you see ads even saying third year apprentice or more. So for the first year apprentices, I really try to be as supportive as possible. And I just keep saying, listen, you got to be more stubborn than the amount of no's you get. You got to keep going. You have to be one more resume stubborn than yes. the last no and then you'll get in but man it, it sometimes it takes people six months a year dad's had people approach him just randomly just saying look i'm a first year any chance i can get work and you know unfortunately it's really hard it's hard because the other problem is is that a lot of people are hoping to get um, signed up as an apprentice and the ratio is one licensed journey person to one apprentice so we can hire this individual. We can't sign them up as an apprentice yet. The hours they work for us can get logged for their apprenticeship, but a lot of people want to get in and get to school right away, et cetera. So it's a patience balance with um, perseverance, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Final question. What lessons have you learned as a plumber that you can share with others who are just getting started? I've got a few lessons. I mean, the perseverance one is a big one. The other thing is, you know, the first couple of years of the apprenticeship are tough because you feel like you're not doing anything except cleaning up job sites and cleaning fittings. 
but it's kind of like, and I, I know I already talked about uh, Karate Kid, but it's kind of like a Mr. Miyagi kind of thing where <laughs> the wax on, wax off is happening. You just don't realize, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you're building your forearms by cleaning pipes. You're also realizing how a job site is organized. You realize how your journey person enjoys having the job site to make it efficient. But you don't realize this is happening at all. For you, you're like, man, I haven't touched a tool in my life. I'm a professional flashlight holder. Like there's like there's nothing, there's no incentive to be here in those first couple of years. And for those people, I just want them to know, listen, even though you don't feel like it's happening, you're learning. And there's gonna be a moment when finally the tools are gonna be handed to you. And you're gonna sit back and you're gonna think to yourself, so what did my journey person do in this moment the last time I saw this? And that is actually where the connections take place in the brain. Because at that point, you're going to turn to them. You're going to go, man, I seen this a hundred thousand times. You gotta, you gotta break it down for me all of a sudden, you know, and, and that's where the growth happens. And, uh, it's a painful, beautiful moment, you know? Excellent. Excellent. Can, can you finally tell us how people can find you? Yeah. You can find me on YouTube at Kenny Molotov. And you can also find me on Instagram at Molotov underscore plumbing. And if you go to my YouTube, you can find my other things that, that I do as well. I do have a music channel. I do have a magic channel, a couple other things I dabble in as well. Excellent. Kenny, thank you so much for taking your time to uh, be on the Skill Stadium podcast tonight. Keith, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, man. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.